Hey guys, welcome back to Fiction Fixation. Each week we get together to recap a different book or movie. We're your hosts. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rose. And this week, what are we doing? This week we are doing Titanic, one of my favorite movies of all times. Girl, do you know this came out on my 11th birthday? I remember I was nine when this came out, and this is where I fell in love with Leonardo DiCaprio. This is where I'm like, I'm going to marry him one day. At this point, that dream is gone. I'm a little old for him at the ripe old age of 32. I missed my chance, but it's okay. It's okay. (laughs) So if if you're listening to this, you've probably heard of the Titanic, but at the time, it was uh, 1912 is when it set sail. At the time, it was the largest ship ever built. Yeah, and it was touted as being the unsinkable ship, which, uh, you know, the lie detector would go on to prove that was a lie. Yeah, it was unsinkable as long as certain specifications were met, Um, (laughs) and those were not met. (laughs) It was unsinkable as long as it wasn't punctured. By that definition, we're all unsinkable. (laughs) We're unsinkable until we get stabbed. That's awful. (laughs) And the Titanic got stabbed by an iceberg and then died. And it took everybody with it. Girl, that's so morbid. But it's true. You're sitting there like, oh, my God, it's morbid. But you laughed. I like, (laughs) I'm taking you with me too, bitch. I know. You're dragging me straight to hell with you. It's okay. I'll save you a seat. Save yourselves, guys. So, you know, the ship sank in 1912, but this story takes place. Well, it starts in 1997. Mm -hmm. There are underwater explorers out in the sea looking through the wreckage of Titanic. Yeah, and they are specifically looking for one thing. Mm -hmm. And they are looking for a giant diamond called the Heart of the Ocean. They're pretty confident it's there. Yeah, they're like, hey, like an insurance claim was filed, you know, the day after the Titanic sank. This is a huge operation, too. Like, it just Mm -hmm. it just occurred to me that it probably costs millions of dollars to go out there. Oh, yeah. And but they're banking that this diamond is worth probably 20 times that, probably more. Oh, yeah. It's a 56 carat blue diamond. And so the excavation crews are looking through and they know who had the diamond. And so they know what stateroom they're looking for from records. Right. They have their little robots going in. They find the room and they find the safe. That the diamond is supposed to be in. So they're popping champagne. They're super excited because they're like, it's payday. But when they open up the safe, they just find a bunch of ruined money that's been underwater. And they also find what turns out to be a hand drawing of a naked lady uh-huh. wearing the heart of the ocean, wearing the necklace. Now we go to our heroine, Rose. She is almost 101 years old at this point. Looking good, girl. She is. I mean, for... For somebody who's lived a century, you know, she's getting around pretty good. She's very alert. Very alert. Yeah. And also she's making pottery in her house. So, I mean, she's still doing shit. Like when I'm 101 years old, you're not going to find me doing shit. You're going to find me with a bell that I just ring for somebody (laughs) to like bring me grapes. You know what I mean? Bring the wine. I am immortal, you peasant. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I'm just like the crypt keeper. Um, she hears something about the Titanic on the news and she sees the picture that they found. She sees the drawing and it just takes her back. Because she is the woman in the picture. Yes. And uh, she makes a phone call to the explorer guy and he doesn't believe her at first. But once she mentions the heart of the ocean, she's like, hey, I'm just curious. Have you found the heart of the ocean yet? 
he realizes that she's the real deal because no one else knows about it. Yeah. Um, he said that the only people that know about the heart of the ocean are either dead or on this boat right now with us. Right. The explorer boat. Yeah. And so they fly her out. And then after they sort of come to terms with the fact that she is, in fact, the woman in this drawing, she begins to tell them her story. She says very now infamous line. It's been 84 years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which which I feel just all the time. I feel like it's been 84 years in my life. I'm fucking tired, brah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dude, she had a whole like narrative planned. I mean, she painted a picture for them. She did. If you will come with us, please. Yeah. We are going to go back to 1912. 1912. No iPhones. No technology. Mm-hmm. There's, it's a very simple time. You know, it's funny. We're being really vague because we know nothing about 1912. So just bear with us. <laughs> I know the fashion was impeccable. Yes. Um. So follow us back to 1912. Rose is boarding the Titanic with her mother and her fiance, Cal. Did you catch what she said? She was like, to everyone else, it was the ship of dreams. But to me... It was a slave ship dragging me back to America in chains. I was like, all right, settle down. Let's not like, compare slavery to your yeah. <laughs> to your privileged life. <laughs> I get what you're saying, girl. Okay. Yeah. However, perhaps a better choice of words. Yes. Listen, I, I get what you mean and I feel for you, but a different metaphor, please. A different metaphor. Yeah. Rose just feels like the Titanic is a pretty gilded cage right. that, you know— she doesn't want to marry Cal. It's very evident that it's an arranged marriage for money. Yeah, she feels trapped. She feels suffocated. Like, I get it, girl. Mm-hmm. But uh, we we could have come up with a different metaphor. Yeah, in the future, if you could redo this. Um, yeah. Use better words. Thank you. <laughs> and then we have our hero. Our hero is the exact opposite of Rose. Yeah. His name is Jack Dawson. And he wins his ticket in a card game. Well, he's an American guy. And while Rose's life is completely planned, Jack lives by the moment. Jack wins his ticket to the Titanic in a card game. And he and his friend barely make it. They are already move, mm-hmm. moving the walkway, um, the ramp up to the ship. They're already moving it away from the ship. Right. When they get up there, they have to jump. But he makes it on the ship. He's so happy to drag his little poor butt all the way down to third class, you know, yeah. like in this crowded little room with four bunk beds. The contrast between Rose and Jack is amazing. He's so excited to to have these bare accommodations. And meanwhile, she's in this giant suite. With a freaking sunroom. She's hanging up her Picassos. She's hanging up her Picassos. And she's just miserable. And, you know, you know, from from an outsider's perspective, watching it now as an adult, I'm kind of like, God, she's a brat, you know? Yeah, more money, more problems. (laughs) But, you know, later you kind of understand she's really young and she's under a lot of pressure. But Mm -hmm. I have to say that adult me didn't quite like her as much as young girl me. You know... Rose doesn't have a whole lot of autonomy in her life. Mm-hmm. And so she is, for all intents and purposes, a pretty little puppet for her mom and cow. That's so true. So, like, I get it. You know, I would probably be miserable, too. You know, money can't buy happiness. 
the only thing that really makes her happy is the art she bought. And her fiance, Cal, even has to be a jerk about that. Mm -hmm. Cal is very controlling of Rose. You can just tell that she sees Cal as what she has to do for her family. And Cal sees Rose as like a trophy wife, you know? Yeah. She is so resentful. Later that night when they're at dinner, she's just sort of like in a daze. Well, it it seems like she's suffocating. It seems like she runs out suffocating, like she can't breathe. It's like a panic attack. Yeah. I think that it really just clicks with her right now when everyone's talking around her and at her, but not to her. Mm -hmm. I think that it really just clicks that she really is sort of a prisoner in her own life. Rose runs out to the deck and she runs all the way to the back of the ship. I mean, like Mm -hmm. the far, far back, all the way to the railing. Yeah. And what she doesn't know is that Jack, our our happy hero, he's lying on a bench just staring at the stars because he's just Mm -hmm. he's just the epitome of mindful living, (laughs) like mindfulness and living in the moment. And uh, she runs up to the railing and basically climbs over the fucking railing. Yeah, she plans on jumping. Yeah. Jack is, Jack sees her. And when he sees that she's getting ready to jump, he's like, don't do it. She says, if you come any closer, I'm going to jump. And he says, no, you won't. If you were going to jump, you would have done it by now. I was like, you shouldn't do that when someone's hanging on the edge of something. Because if it were me, I would do it out of spite. I'd be like, oh, yeah. And I would do it. Then I'd be like, oh, shit. I didn't mean to jump. <laughs> yeah. Like, listen, I didn't want this, but you made me. I had to prove you wrong. She's like, go away. Then she hangs off a little bit further. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? He's like, well, if you jump, I'm just going to have to go in after you. He starts taking off his shoes. He starts taking off his coat. And he just starts talking about how much he's not looking forward to jumping in after her. He's like, God, that water is so cold and it's going to hurt so much. You know, if we survive the fall, we're going to be in a lot of pain. And she's like, Mm -hmm. how cold is the water? And he's like, oh, it's like way below freezing. Eventually, he talks her into coming back over. He has a hold of her hand. And when he's helping her over, she slips on part of her dress. Now it's a real situation, Rose. Oh, yeah. Now it's a real situation. And she is screaming. Um, And, of course, her screams draw the attention of three ship workers. And they come running. But by the time they get there, he just pulls her over. And then he falls on top of her. So it looks like a totally different situation. And you know what's fucked up is that Rose doesn't say anything for a while. By the time Rose says anything, they've already went and got everybody from the dining room. And they already have a warm cup of tea, a blanket around (laughs) Rose, and Jack in handcuffs. So I want to be like, this took at least 15 minutes. And she just said nothing. Do you know what I mean? And this guy's getting arrested. And he just saved her life. Like, if I was Jack, I would throw her over the ship, like, right now. Yeah, like, bitch, I, I'm not going to jail for you. <laughs> well, eventually, you know, she says, no, 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 no. I was looking over the railing and I slipped and I almost fell. And this man here helped me. And so the fiance is like, oh, OK. He takes Rose and starts walking away. One of the other gentlemen are like, perhaps a little something for the boy. Yeah, a little tip, man. Come on. And so Cal tells his butler I guess a 20 will do it. Yeah. And Rose is like, (laughs) excuse me. She's like, is that the going rate for saving the woman you love? Yeah. 
And so they invite Jack to dinner so he can tell everybody about how he saved Rose. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like Jack would have appreciated the 20 better than just having dinner with a bunch of snobby ass fucking people, you know? Right. The next day, Rose seeks Jack out to thank him properly for saving her life. And she's like, hey, I just want to thank you for saving me. I wasn't thinking straight last night. You know, like, this is like a one-time thing. And Jack, um, he's very bold and he is very outspoken. And he just says, so, do you love your fiancé? Do you love him? I feel like it wasn't inappropriate for him to ask because she was Mm -hmm. being very vulnerable. She was opening up because she said, I know what you're thinking. Poor little rich girl. Like, what could she know about misery? And he was like, no, I was just wondering what could have happened to this girl to make her think she had no way out. Yeah. And she was like, she just went into this long monologue about how hopeless she feels and how, like, she has no control over her life. And so he asked her a simple question. Are you in love with him? And then she acts like it's too much. Like, bitch, I saved your life. And I just I just clocked in 30 minutes of therapy for you. So the least you could do is give me some tea, like spill a little bit of tea. Come on. Yeah. Like, give me a little bit of something. When he's talking to her, she says. 500 invitations have gone out. All the Philadelphia society will be there. And all the while, I feel as though I'm standing in the middle of a crowded room, screaming at the top of my lungs, and no one even looks up. Yeah. Dramatic. <laughs> Listen, that used to be my away message on AIM. Shut <laughs> up. Swear to God. <laughs> That's amazing. Listen, there is nobody I have less in common with than the Courtney that used to use AOL Instant Messenger. Like, nothing. I feel that. I feel that. Anyways. They get into this argument, and then Uh she... You could tell she doesn't want to walk away, so instead she snatches the sketchbook that he has under his arm. She snatches it, like, all, you know, with an attitude. Like, what is this stupid thing anyway? And then she starts looking at his sketches, and she's really impressed. Like, she's a fan of art, you know? And she's just like, wow, this is really incredible. Yeah, she's like, wow, you're quite good. He basically sketches people, and so he has a lot of sketches of people that he has seen on his travels. Mm-hmm. And then he has sketches of naked ladies. Uh-huh. He does. He has sketches of the naked ladies. Rose is becoming fascinated by this guy because he's like, I mean, like you said, they're opposites. And she's yeah. just so drawn to him. He has traveled the world. He has been all over the place. He goes job to job. And she starts like fantasizing, like, let's say we go there one day to, you know, to America, like to Monterey, wherever he said he was. And she said, you teach me how to ride horses and And he's like, yeah, I'll teach you to spit like a man. I hate this part, to be honest with you. It's really, really gross. Yeah, so he takes her down to one of the lower decks. He's teaching her how to spit, and they're taking turns spitting off the railing. Then her mommy finds her. Yeah, the mom comes up and, you know, present-day Rose narrates and says, like, her mom looked at Jack like he was an insect. You know, Rose is like, oh, crap. I'm kind of in trouble now. And she's like, mother, um, you you remember Jack. He'll be joining us for dinner tonight. Yeah, he saved my life. And her mother is just like, mm. But one of the other guests that was walking with them, she kind of takes a liking to Jack. And she she's like, hey, it, what are you going to wear for dinner? And he's like, this, like his, his raggedy ass clothes. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, oh, honey, no, come with me. Let me get you fixed up. 
This is like the scene of He's All That when they take the raggedy boy and they put him in a suit yes. with the slick back hair. <laughs> and that's what she does. She puts him in one of her son's tuxes. She, you know, she he takes a shower. She brushes his hair and has it all suave and slicked back. She's like, remember, they love money. So just pretend like you have a ton of it and you'll fit right in. You take these grand staircases down to this dining hall, and Jack is waiting for Rose at the bottom of the stairs, and she's mm-hmm. walking with her mom and fiancé, but her mom and fiancé just walk right past Jack. They don't even recognize him. Rose recognizes him. Yeah. And, you know, he offers her his arm, and she takes it. Cal, the fiancé, sort of looks back at them, and I think at this very moment— Cal simultaneously is threatened by Jack and also feels like he's insignificant. I mean, like for him, there's there's no way that this Jack guy is a threat because he has no money. And what is more important than money for him? And poor Jack, they start eating and he is so confused. Yeah. There's so much silverware. Girl, same. I would be so confused as well. Listen, I, when I eat, I use the same fork for everything. As you should. Including my dessert most times. Like, (laughs) why would I do all these dishes? Oh, my God. Well, you know, like I said, Jack was fitting in at first. He was trying. He was was doing really good. But, of course, Rose's mom has to, you know, kind of bring him down to earth and and kind of highlight the fact that he's from third class. And the fiancé cow is like, yeah, he's joining us from third class. What's it like? down there and jack is like it's 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 pretty good like hardly any rats best i've ever seen (laughs) at jack is so humble and i think it's because jack has accepted his life and is just happy to be alive you know that's such an interesting point like i didn't think about this but the fact that like you would think that the people in third class they don't know how the first class people live because they don't ever get to see it. So you would think that him going up there and seeing all of this luxury, that it would make him like feel jealous, but he doesn't seem jealous. He actually seems to think it's like pretty lame because when it's time for him to leave, he slips Rose a note that says, if you want to go to a real party, join me at the bottom of the stairs. Yeah, he's like, meet me at the clock. Yeah, she does. She excuses herself from dinner. All the men have already left. They went to go for cigars and brandy. She excuses herself and meets him at the clock. And then Jack takes her to a real party. He takes her to third class where everyone is so happy. They're drinking, they're dancing, there's music. It's just pure joyous fun. Yeah, because it's not about being proper, having or, you know, having the decorum or using the right spoon. It's literally about your face being red from laughter and dancing. Uh-huh. And Rose fits right in, interestingly enough. Yeah, she's having the time of her life. They're dancing. She's chugging cheap beer. Like, not even like she's taking other people's beer. Like, they're just grabbing beer and drinking. Girl, that's where I draw the line. You know, just yesterday I was driving home. I was like 40 minutes away and I was dying of thirst. And I'm talking to my husband on the phone. I'm like, I am so thirsty. He's like, there's a water bottle right next to you. And I'm like, I know you drank from that and I am not drinking from it. Are you serious? Girl, I don't drink after people. I don't drink after my kids. I don't drink after my husband. I don't drink after anyone. His tongue is bitting your mouth and you're like, ugh. But you say say that like, you know, for a fact, like you've seen it. (laughs) 
Oh, am I lying? No, you. Okay, you ain't never lie, but you've never seen it either. <laughs> Cal, being the controlling dickhole that he is, um, he sends his butler to go find Rose. This is one of the plot holes in the movie that I don't understand is how this is such a massive ship. But anytime someone's looking for someone, they find them in like five minutes. I'm like, I can't find my kids in my house in five minutes. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I think that they know where to look, you know, mm-hmm. like they're, she's not hiding. They're like, Rose is missing. Right. Chances are she's with that poor boy. The poor boy. Yeah, so the butler sees her. So obviously now he's going to go and tell the fiancé, Cal. And the next morning, Rose is at breakfast just pretending like she, you know, pretending everything's fine. Like she doesn't know anybody knows. And her fiancé confronts her. And this is kind of, I mean, he has shown a couple red flags, but this is when he really loses it. This is the second biggest red flag he shows in the movie. Um, he flips the fucking breakfast table over. Yeah. Gets right in her face. And he's like, you are my wife, if not yet by law, then by practice. And you will act like it. Yeah. He means she is terrified. Um, She's really shaken up. And then her mom, instead of being there for her daughter, her mom is like, honey, you can't see that poor boy again. You can't see Jack. So her mother for- forbids her from seeing Jack. Her mother plays the guilt card and was like, Rose, do you want to see, is this what you want? You know that we don't have any money and you know that we need you to marry Cal so we don't lose everything. Is that what you want? To see all of our fine things sold at auction? Do you want me to have to get a job like a poor person? Well, it's like, mom, you still got a pep in your step. Why aren't you throwing your coochie around trying to find a rich guy? (laughs) Right? You know what? I feel like... Mom can definitely snag herself a sugar daddy if she really wanted to. Oh, yeah. I don't know. But I really think that her cooch is probably just all dried up and, like, dusty. And, like, nobody wants it. No, we're not doing that. We're not shaming the old cooch. Okay, no. I'm not shaming the old cooch. I'm shaming this specific old cooch. Okay? Okay. Okay. Not all old coochies are dusty. This particular coochie is dusty. Like, Courtney, I'm trying to throw you a life raft. And you're like, no, I insist. I'm like, hey, let's not. And you're like, no, but the old dusty coochies. (laughs) No, not all old coochies are dusty. Only this old coochie is dusty. Um, So that day, they are out touring the ship with uh, Mr. Andrews, who was the architect of the ship. Yeah. Rose is like, Mr. Andrews, you know, I've done the math and there (laughs) doesn't seem to be enough lifeboats for everyone yeah and he's like very astute rose there isn't only about (laughs) half he's like i wanted to put another row of lifeboats but they're like oh no deck space yeah i mean the interior designers kind of vetoed the uh you know the lifeboats they thought they would look too ugly and then cal fiance cal says they're all a waste of space if you ask me for an unsinkable ship yeah you're not going anywhere, Cal. Just hang tight. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah. We don't need any of these lifeboats. Y'all are just... Just throw them overboard. <laughs> this is the first class deck. And Jack, he makes it onto that deck. He, like, climbs up the side or something. 
he makes it on. He he kind of grabs somebody's coat that's on a chair, puts it on, puts on a hat, and he finds her and and pulls her into her empty room. Yeah. So imagine her family turns around and she's gone. Like my first I, my first thought is that she went overboard, you know? Right. Well, here's the thing. I think her family pays so little attention to her on the regular that they didn't even notice she was gone. That's so sad. I know. <laughs> um, so he snatches her and Jack tells Rose, listen, this isn't what you want. I know it's not what you want. Don't do it. Don't marry him. You don't have to do this. I know you don't love him. Yeah. I feel like Rose feels very trapped right now. And she just feels guilty about the talk her mom gave her earlier that day. And so she's like, you don't know anything about me. Like, I do love him and I do want to marry him. And I am going to marry him. And Jack says, if you keep living like this, that fire I see in your eyes is going to go out. Mm. And she's like, I can't see you anymore, Jack. I have to go. And, you know, they have like a touching moment and she like squeezes his hand and then she leaves. Can we just say, sir, you've known her for a day. Like, calm down. You know, it's too much. I'm here for it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I believe in love at first sight. I feel like sometimes, like, when you know, you know. And I think that at this point, Rose and Jack both knew. It's that red string of fate. That red string of fate ties them together and is just pulling them closer. I think that. She was already miserable before she met him, and now she's seeing the she's seeing an escape route, or as Taylor Swift would call it, a getaway car. Yeah, and it's it's really hard for her. She's trying to stay away from him, um, but she ends up going to find him again. How the hell does she know where he was? <laughs> like, I don't get it. Yeah, later that night when they're at dinner, she's just kind of like, it's like a repeat of the night she tried to jump. Mm-hmm. You know, all the people at the table are just sort of talking around her. And she's just like, no, I will not be doing this. Thank you. Yeah. Um, And she gets up and she finds Jack. I mean, she does find him pretty quickly from. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's all the way at the front of the ship. So remember, they met at the back of the ship. And now mm-hmm. she he, he's at the front of the ship, like where it comes to a point. Yes. And he has hung out there before, but she didn't know that. So I don't know how she found him. Um, She just walks up and she goes, hello, Jack. I've changed my mind. Hmm. All right. And then she said, they said you'd be up here. And he's like, shh, say less. (laughs) Say say less, queen. Yeah. So he pulls her up uh, to stand at the bow of the ship. He like stretches her arms out and she's like, I'm flying, Jack. I'm flying. Yeah, they are. Really close. He's behind her. She's got her arms mm-hmm. spread. It's a very intimate moment. And you know what happens? Girl, what happens? What happens? They have a romantic kiss there. And can I just say real quick, that railing does not look safe. I mean, I feel like it hits them like mid-thigh. It's just not. No, I would never have been that close to the edge of the ship, especially at like the very front or the very back. Mm-mm. No, the front, you go over, and then the boat hits you. The back, you go over, and then you get chopped up by the propellers. No. Okay, so the side is the only way to peek. The side is the only part of the ship that I would ever be, like, at the edge of. Um, and even then, I would be like, I need a live vest. Mm-hmm. I um, I need a rope. Some duct tape. I don't know. What are you planning to do, Mr. Gray? <laughs> <laughs> like I need you to like I need you to Christian gray me to the side of this fucking railing. I ain't going nowhere. 
Girl, Rose is, it feels so weird saying Rose. Like, hi, I'm Rose, but this is a different Rose. Anyway, (laughs) Rose is so freaking ballsy. She brings Jack to her quarters, to her room. Uh Uh-huh. That's so ballsy. What is wrong with her? She shows him the heart of the ocean. Um, It's a necklace that Cal had given her. And she shows it to him and he's like, holy shit. Well, he thinks it's a sapphire because it looks like a sapphire. And Uh she's like, no, it's a diamond. I would have been like arguing with her. Like, are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) Do you have papers? Looks like a sapphire. (laughs) How do you know? Who told you this? Are you a diamond expert? (laughs) And he's like, holy shit. And she's like, I want you to draw me wearing this. And he's like, okay. She's like, I want you to draw me like one of your French girls. Ooh, draw me like one of your French girls. Yeah. She's like wearing this. And only this. And he's like, <laughs> boobies like it. <laughs> he's so nervous. Dude, she is, she's really extra at this point. Because she comes out in a robe wearing nothing underneath. And then she makes a point to like drop the robe all seductively in front of him. And she um, she tosses him a dime, lets the robe drop and goes, I want to get my money's worth. Oh my God, girl, a dime ain't going to get you very far, but okay. Listen, like a dime will get you like a single nipple. That's it. (laughs) One nipple. nipple. It'll get your belly button. One poop in the middle. He's blushing. He's blushing, but he draws her. And, uh, you know, present day old lady Rose, she calls it the most erotic moment of her life. (laughs) She says, up until that moment, of course. I'm like, oh, bitch, what's going to happen? Of course I know, but she didn't. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um, yeah. Cal has also lost his tail on Rose. The butler goes back to fiance Cal and is like, sir, um, I can't find her. And Cal's like, it's a ship. There's only only so many fucking places she could be. Find her. <laughs> butler goes back to the room to be like, oh, I haven't checked her bedroom yet. Perhaps she's there. He goes to knock on the door. Rose is in there with Jack. And, you know, obviously they sneak out a back door. Mm-hmm. The freaking butler is like MI6 or some shit. Like he chases them through the whole freaking ship. Like they're running away, like giggling. Like they think it's the funniest thing. Yeah. They're like, ah, daddy's chasing us. <laughs> but, he, but, it, but it just makes me like wonder, like, what was he going to do if he caught them? Because it was very like a fierce chase. I feel like if he were to have caught them, he would have, like, jerked Rose up and dragged her back to Cal and, like, had Jack arrested for, like, kidnapping or some shit. Well, yeah. Well, Rose and Jack, they get chased all the way down to the bowels of the ship, like, all the way to the bottom. Yeah. They get the boiler rooms. Yeah. They get chased all the way down. and They're laughing the whole time. And this guy's just, like, elbowing people out of his way, the butler. Yeah, um, Jack and Rose find the cargo bay. There's a bunch of cars there, and they're just so playful. Like, he jumps into the to the front seat, and she's in the back seat. And he's like, where to, ma'am? And she pulls him to the back seat, and she basically jumps his bones, girl. Uh-huh. She, um, they do the spicy tango. I watched this movie when it came out. I was It was my birthday. I was 11 years old. I was sitting next to my godmother, and it was the most uncomfortable moment of my life. I had to sit there and I was looking at my popcorn. I was looking at the ceiling. I was looking at my shoes. I was trying really hard not to watch Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio, you know, 
like do it on screen. <laughs> they hear people coming and so they leave the car and they're getting like chased out. And they bust out onto the deck of the ship just laughing. They started out at the top at first class and they got chased all the way down to the boiler rooms and then to the cargo bay. And then they made their way all the way back up to the top. That's some fucking cardio. That's a lot. Like, do you know how many staircases they've been running up and down? Well, and see, here's the thing. In, like, third class, there's probably not a lot of staircases. There's ladders. Oh, that's true. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, they're getting they're getting arm, arm day, leg day. They're getting it all in today. Yeah. Meanwhile, while Jack and Rose are having the time of their life running from Cal's butler... Who has, at this point, he has sent other people to look for them. And the butler has returned to um, Cal. Um, Cal opens the safe. He finds the drawing that Jack did of Rose and a note from Rose Mm -hmm. that says, Darling, now you can keep us both locked away in your safe. She chose chaos. Like, Rose woke up and she was like, I am burning this place to the ground. You know what? I support her. I support this. It's a lot, man. It's a lot. She's mm-hmm. poking a already crazy bear. Yeah. And Cal's butler asks him, what do you want to do, sir? And he's like, you know what? I have a different plan. Mm. Just, I've changed my mind. I know exactly what to do here. Put a pin in that. Put a pin yeah, in it. Hold on to that because it comes back later. There are lookouts all the way at the top of the ship. And these lookouts are supposed to be looking out for icebergs. By the time these lookouts see an iceberg, the ship is heading straight toward it. And it's a massive iceberg. The problem is that the ship is going full speed at this point, And it's a massive ship. So turning it, stopping it, first of all, is not a possibility. Uh-huh. And turning it is going to be nearly impossible. So, you know, I mean, we all know where this is going. The inevitable happens. Even though they managed to kind of get the ship to turn a few degrees, it's not enough. They bought the ship a few minutes. Yeah. Well, ultimately, the iceberg punctures the side of the ship at the bottom, Mm -hmm. just like a bunch of little holes, and water immediately starts rushing in. Yeah. And right now, the higher-ups, you know, you have the captain, the first mate, Mr. Andrews, the guy who designed the ship. You have them all just rushing to get a plan in place. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Andrews, the architect, says, listen, she is built to withstand, you know, the first four chambers at the bottom to be full of water. She is built to withstand that. But the fifth chamber is already also full. It's going to start spilling over onto these other levels. And then she's going to start going down. And they're like, are you sure, though? It's an an unsinkable ship. Like, what did you guys mean by unsinkable ship? Well, it's kind of the same as when they say your phone is waterproof. And then somehow it's not really waterproof. It's kind of like that. (laughs) Yeah. And Mr. Andrews is very adamant with this ship is going down. He was part of designing the ship. He knows about it. Uh The thing is that Rose and Jack, they're on the top level and they saw the ship hit the iceberg. So they see it happening and then they see the crew rushing past them. So they know this is serious. They know things are bad. And Rose is like, I got to go tell my mom. So 
I don't know what she's thinking, but she goes back to her room holding hands with Jack about to tell her mom that the ship is going to sink. I'm like, girl, what are you thinking? I feel like Rose has already been like, you know what? I will not be marrying Cal and my mom can suck it. So she wants to watch the world burn just a little bit more. Yeah. And she does. She walks into the room holding Jack's hand and Cal's like, where have you been? And she's like, guys, something's happened. And Cal's like, I know something's happened. We've been robbed. And she's like, no, the iceberg. Yeah, she's like, what? What? No, Are you in a different movie, bro? Because I just saw an iceberg and you're like in a Wild Wild West movie. Like, what's going on? Yeah. So essentially, Cal orchestrated this whole thing to frame Jack. And he has like the security people there waiting to get Jack. And what Jack doesn't know is that Cal's butler slipped the heart of the ocean into his coat pocket. Uh huh. And so when they search him, they find it. And Rose is like, that's not mm-hmm. possible. Like, she's so hurt and confused. Like, she doesn't know what to believe. Yeah. She's like, I know. She's like, I was with him the whole time. And Cal's like, you know, he's a professional, Rose. Don't blame yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, he does this for a living. And they take Jack away. And this is Cal's biggest red flag. He's so mad at Rose and he slaps her across the face. Yeah. Honestly, at that point, I would have been like, you know what, Cal? You're right. Let's go have makeup sex. So then I would have smothered him, like strangled him with my bare hands. With your giant boobs. Yeah, I would have I would have smothered him with my giant boobs. You know what? No, he doesn't get to go out like that. <laughs> That's too dignified of an end. It's too dignified. No, um, I would have like broken me. Like I would have killed Cal. And I don't say that lightly. I say that meaning it with every fiber of my being that I would have ended his life. Well, you know, it's classic. It's very textbook abuse relationship. Like it starts with control and then it escalates to like him throwing things around and then it escalates to him hitting her physically. And it only gets uh-huh. worse from there. So it's very obvious Rose is right to not want to marry him because she's in for a hard life. And she sees that. Yeah. Well, the freaking ship is sinking, guys. Like, literally, down in third class, the rooms in third class already have several inches of water on the floor. Like, they know what's going on. And Titanic staff is running around, you know, telling everyone, get your life jackets on and get up to deck now. Well, actually, at this point, only first class is supposed to be on deck. Because that's how they board the lifeboats by class. Yeah. You know, first, first class women and children, then first class men, then second class women and children, then second class men, then third class women and children, and then third class men. Yo, fuck that shit. You know what? I wonder how big a self-inflating life raft would be because I think I might start packing one of those as like my carry-on luggage if I ever go on a cruise. so funny. I'm going to tell you right now, seeing this movie really traumatized me from ever wanting to be on a cruise ship ever. You know, the ship architect, Mr. Andrews, he's in shock. You know, it takes too long for people to accept the fact that this boat is going to sink and then... First-class passengers are not taking it seriously. They're like, I would like a cup of tea when I get back to my room, please. Yeah. It's a completely different story on the third-class deck than it is on the first-class deck because the third-class passengers, they're trying to get out. They're Mm -hmm. running through the corridors, water's filling up, 
and they're trying to get out. And the first class passengers, most of them just don't even know that anything is really wrong. Yeah. And I think it's because the first class passengers are up higher in the boat. Right. Um, and the third class passengers really felt that shake. And there's already water. Yeah. they Yeah, there's waters filling up. Also, Jack has been handcuffed to mm-hmm. a freaking pipe all the way down at one of the lower levels of the ship. Yeah, it's the level that's right above the cargo and stuff. So the first class people are clamoring to mm-hmm. get on boats, and uh, Rose has the opportunity to get on the lifeboat. Yeah, so Rose's mom and the nice lady from earlier that helped Jack, them and several other people are getting on a boat. You know, they're like, come on, Rose, get in the boat. Cal's like, you heard her, Rose, get in the boat. Uh, and then Rose's mother starts complaining about, are they boarding the boats by class? Yeah. You know, I sure hope there's no poor people yeah. on this boat. I also hope that this lifeboat isn't too crowded. I would, I prefer my comfort over other people's lives. Right. Rose is just like, you know what? I choose death. She like yes. runs off. She does. She's like, goodbye, mother. <laughs> and then she just takes off and Cal catches up with her and he jerks her back. And he's like, really, Rose? You're doing this? You're going back for him? He's like, you want to be treated like a common whore? And she says, I would rather be his whore than your wife. Damn. Ditto. Ditto. And then she spits in his face. She does. God, I hate the spitting in this movie. Could we not? She could have punched them, but she spat on his face. So Rose is running around the ship. She's trying to find the architect guy. And of course, Mm -hmm. in this giant ship in the middle of an emergency, she She finds him. She finds him. And she asks him, where would they take a prisoner? And he tells her exactly where to go. So Mm -hmm. she heads down. And by this point, the place where Jack is, the water is already at his ankles. Yeah. And by the time she gets to Jack, it's waist high. Yeah. And so she's looking for the key and they can't find the key to the handcuffs. And so she's like, I'm going to go look for something else to help. Um, And girl comes back with an axe. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, oh, God, Jack has to put all his trust in, in Rose and her aim. And I'll tell you right now, mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have had the stomach to let someone swing an axe indiscriminately toward my hands. <laughs> I would have been like, can you hit the pipe? Like, can we get the pipe? Yes. Oh, gone? that's smart. That's so smart. If they would have just cut the pipe, he could have slid off. But yeah, she goes right for the handcuffs and she gets it on the first try. Whew. Whew. Um, <laughs> I, listen, she's God's favorite. <laughs> and she is God's favorite. She is, as we know, as we will come to learn. We'll get to that later. The water is, well, it's to their shoulders, I think, now. Yeah. Um, and while they're doing this, um, the engineer, the architect, Mr. Andrews, he's on the deck and he's like, um, uh, excuse me, good sirs, to the people loading up the passengers. He's like, these lifeboats can accommodate 65 people. The one you just put down only has 12 in it. That is insane. They already don't have enough boats and they're not even filling the boats that they have. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So the situation is escalating. It's escalating because at this point, it's undeniable the ship is sinking. Everybody knows what's mm-hmm. going on. It's just chaos everywhere. People clamoring to get on the boats. Fiance Cow is trying to 
he's trying to buy his way onto a lifeboat. He's having a hard time because it's only women and children that are allowed to go on first. And they're like, is there any room for a first class gentleman on that boat? And the worker's like, fuck off. <laughs> well, he, he almost gets a chance, actually. Uh-huh. Because in that there was a section of the boat where there were no more women or children left and they uh-huh. still had room. But just then, Cow's butler is like, we found her. Again, how? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how did you find her? Um, They're like, she's with him on the other side of the ship waiting for a boat. Yeah. And Cal's like, God damn it. So he goes after her. Um, And I do want to say that at this point, they have third class passengers trapped on the lower decks like cattle. I know. They have them behind gates, closed gates, because they don't want them... Um, swarming the deck and you know interrupting the first class passengers getting on the boats. It's a it's yeah. it's barbaric. It's really awful. It's terrible. But but somehow Jack and Rose made it to the top deck. It's like, do you realize this is their second time cheating death? Well, the second time getting up to the top, right? Because they were down there. They got chased down by the butler. They came back up. They saw the um the iceberg. And then he got taken down. She went to go get him. They're back up again. Yeah. Um, and so Cal and his butler take off to the other side of the ship. Um, and they find Rose. And he tries to convince Rose to get on the boat. Jack is trying to convince her. Get on the boat, Rose. Get on the lifeboat. Yeah. I'll be right behind you. And then Cal shows up. Cal shows up and he's like, yes, Rose, listen to him. Get on the boat. And he takes his jacket off and he slips it over Rose's shoulders. Because she's soaking wet at this point because she was just down in the water saving Jack. And she's like, no, Jack, not without you. And Cal tells Rose, don't worry about him. I have arrangements made for him and I to get on a different lifeboat. So I need you to get on this one. And then Jack and I will, will find you when we get to the safety of the bigger ship. Yeah. And so she concedes, you know, Rose gets on that boat and she's being lowered down to the water. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, Cal lied when he said that he had plans to help Jack get on a boat. He Mm -hmm. has no plans of doing that. And Mm -hmm. as Rose is being lowered, you know, in the lifeboat onto the water, I think she sees it in his eyes that it's not true. She sees that Jack is going to die. And this crazy bitch jumps off the lifeboat. No, thank you. onto the sinking ship. Like, she is nope. nuts. <laughs> I would not be doing that. Thank you. <laughs> she jumps from the lifeboat back onto the ship that's yeah. sinking. It's, 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 it's one level lower than the deck. And so mm-hmm. Cow is on the deck. So he, you know, Cow and Jack run down to meet her. And she's embracing Jack and she's kissing Jack and she's saying, you know, I couldn't leave without you. If you jump, I jump, Jack. Yeah. Dude, Cow is pissed and he goes freaking Rambo. The fact that his fiance would rather be with someone else is just it's shaking him. And he's like, excuse me, what? What? I just realized it's the full escalation of a abusive relationship. Because now he's ready to kill her. Yes. Um, And so he gets a gun and he 
starts shooting at them and they're taking off. And the butler at this point is like, hey, dude, maybe a bit far. Yeah, that's a bit much. By the way, the gun was the butler's gun who just randomly was allowed to carry a gun around. Like, okay, Right. (laughs) Um, And uh, the butler at this point, you know, is like, hey, Cal, you know, maybe it's not my place, but I think. (laughs) I'm just spitballing here. Perhaps you're taking this a little far. And Cal's like, you idiot. The diamond is in my jacket pocket. The jacket that Rose is wearing. Yeah. And they're like, oh, that's bad. What I don't get is why Rose and Jack, as they're running away from Cal, who he shot at them a couple times, not that many times, not that there's a limit to how many times is scary mm-hmm. to be shot at. But my thing is, like, he was shoot. Cal was shooting at them, and instead of just running parallel through the deck that they were on, they head down. They go mm-hmm. downward back to the lower levels. I'm like, what are you doing? Uh-huh. For the third time, they have to fight their way to the, to the top of the ship. Rose and Jack, like idiots... They head down, they're running away to the lower decks, and now they're trying to find their way back out, and they're finding that they can't come back up the way they came, because mm-hmm. the way they came is now underwater. So they're trying to find a way up a different way, and they're finding that the gates on that side are closed. They find, they're trapped behind this gate, Jack and Rose are, yeah. and there's a very scared staff member of the ship that runs past them, and they call out to him for help. And he, uh, at first he's like, nope, sorry, yeah, can't help you. And then they beg him and he keeps going and then he feels bad and turns around and he's trying to unlock the gate, but his hands are so cold and he's shaking and he drops the key. And when he drops the key, he's just kind of like, you're on your own. Look, also Jack and Rose are just, they're like, come on, hurry, hurry, hurry. They're like screaming at him. And mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, do you know how stressful it is to, like, open a door with people watching, let alone, like, unlock a gate when people are about to drown and you're they're screaming at you? Jack and Rose go underwater and they find the key and they come back up and they eventually get the gate open. They make it to the deck, which is, like, their third time that night coming back up to the deck. And the band is was playing up until the last moment. They're playing music. I guess the band has accepted that they will not be getting on a boat. Yeah. There are sweeping cinematic shots of the ship as it's sinking, and it's so heartbreaking. heartbreaking. Yeah. I cry. You have the, the this old couple, this elderly couple, that are just curled up, spooning and holding each other in bed as their room fills up with water. Yeah. You have a third-class mother who has tucked her children into bed. Because she knows she can't get out. She's yeah. tucked her children into bed and she's telling them a good night story because she uh, knows that they're going to die. That's so heartbreaking. So there's just so much suffering happening happening everywhere. The ship is almost completely sunk. There is very small portion of the ship that's still above water. By this point, the entire stern of the ship is almost perpendicular with the water. Um, and Jack and Rose end up in the water, like the the ocean, not just the water in the boat. They end up in the ocean. 
and and you know they're swimming and they're trying to you know find something to hold on to and all right listen listen we all know what happens next okay they find the door yeah it's a it's a piece of wreckage it's a it's a wooden door floating in the ocean Jack makes sure Rose gets on first, and then he tries to get on it once, and it starts to sort of tip, and then he just stays in the water, and I think we can all agree they could have found another way. Courtney, you could fit a family of four on that door. Yes, yes. You could have fit a husband, a wife, and two kids, Mm -hmm. and this is the part that kills me. Jack is just hanging on. He's in the water. He's hanging on to the side of the door. Mm-hmm. Rose is on the door, and they're both freezing, but obviously more him, right? Because he's in the freezing water. Yes. Why is he the one giving her a pep talk? I, Because he is more emotionally mature than she is. He, and I mean, and he is giving her a pep talk. He's like, no, you're not going to die. Everything's going to be okay. Promise me you're not going to let go and you're going to, you know, die an old lady in your bed. And I'm just like, Rose, uh, he's the one suffering here. He's the one in the freezing cold water. Do you, do you want to tell, give him a couple words of encouragement? Yeah, no. Um, so they're whispering all these sweet nothings to each other, mostly him whispering sweet nothings to her. Well, also all around her, because in the beginning when the ship first went down, Obviously, there are thousands of people in this water, and they're all screaming. Mm -hmm. And now it's quiet, and all these people are dead. Yeah, it's just all of the people in the water are now just bodies floating in the water. She hears one of the lifeboats has came back to look for survivors. Um, The staff members on the lifeboat that have came back to find survivors— you know, they they realized that they waited too long, mm-hmm. you know, and there's just all these bodies. And the main guy on that boat um, is like, keep looking, keep looking, check everybody. And Rose tries to scream for them, but her voice is so raw that she can't. So she gets off. She kisses Jack's hand and lets him sink. Yeah, as as she says, I'll never let go, Jack. Bitch, what are you doing? You're doing the thing you said you weren't going to do. You just let go. You let him go. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I mean, we actually didn't say this, but Jack is dead. Okay, I'm sorry. He's dead. Jack is dead, so. He's dead, 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 so. He's frozen. He's an ice cube. It's very sad. He's a jacksicle. It's it's a jacksicle. It's so sad. Do you know I would watch this movie through swollen eyelids sobbing? I know. And what makes it the most sad for me is that Jack, this was Jack's return home. Jack was so hopeful and happy about returning to America. It was the best day of his life when he won these tickets, you know? It was a sign to him that things were looking up, that things were getting to get better. You would think the worst thing to happen to him was getting that ticket on the Titanic, that that was his that that sealed his fate. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that's what sealed his fate. I think what sealed his fate was falling in love with Rose because Jack would have survived like Jack was a survivor. 
and you saw how he found that door floating there, he would have mm-hmm. been on that door by himself. Rose would have been on a lifeboat with her mom. They both would have survived yeah. if they hadn't met. And it breaks my heart because part of me is like, no, I I wish that they both would have survived. But also, I think that if you were to ask either one of them, like, would you take it back? I don't think either one would say yes. Well, you can't ask Jack because he he's dead. He's in the bottom of the ocean. So, so Jack, I mean, so Rose hears the people on the lifeboat calling. Is anybody there? Can anybody hear us? And she gets off the door and she um, she finds a whistle. She finds somebody that has like a whistle and she starts blowing the whistle and she gets pulled from the water. All of the people that are on lifeboats, they're waiting for the rescue ship to come, which, by the way, took four hours. And uh-huh. everyone was everyone in the water was probably dead within an hour or less. Yeah. And only six people were pulled from the water. Um. Rose is safe on the rescue ship. And when they ask her for her name, she says Rose Dawson. Yeah. And she also, so fiance Cal, he survived too. And he's on that ship and he comes down to the area where she is. Cause right now Rose is with the peasants, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, he tries to look for her. She sees him, but he doesn't see her. And I think, that was kind of a moment where she could have taken her life back and gone back to her old life, and she chose not to. Yeah, she assumed a new identity. And as far as anybody else was concerned, Rose DeWitt Bucater, she died on the Titanic. And as far as Cal was concerned, the necklace was lost with her. Yeah. Rose then talks about all of the things she did and they have like a little like a a scene in the movie where they're going over all the pictures of Rose from her young life after the Titanic and she rode roller coasters she learned to fly a plane she went horseback riding yeah do you know what she didn't do though she did not tell the uh, explorer guy that she had the heart of the ocean. She never told him that. <laughs> she did not say it's been in my pocket this whole time. Yeah, because that's the one thing that guy's been looking for. And, uh-huh. you know, he doesn't explicitly ask her for it, but he knows that she knows that he's looking for it. And so when she mm-hmm. tells the story, it's almost like it's just assumed that it was lost at sea. Yeah, like in the hustle and bustle, it was assumed that it was lost. Um, you know what? What just occurred to me: the reason that they, that the explorer guy never assumed that she had it, is because I think he thought if she had it this whole time, she would have been filthy rich, and she lived like a modest life, and so he couldn't imagine someone having that much money in their pocket and not using it. And one of the last scenes of the movie—it's not the last one, but. You see old Rose go to the back of the ship that she's on, the excavation ship. She goes to the back of it, and she stands on the railing, and she drops the heart of the ocean back into the water. Oh, my gosh. When she came up to the water, I was like, don't do it, girl. Not again. Don't do this. Jack is not here to save you. Mm -hmm. And then it feels like at that point... 
old Rose is content with her life right now. You know, she finally got to tell the story of the love of her life. That night, old Rose goes back to her stateroom in the ship. In the explorer ship, right over the Titanic. Yeah. In the explorer ship. Yeah. And old Rose passes away. It was, you know, it's a really great movie. It's really beautifully done. It was James Cameron was yeah. the director, and he was basically a legend. Titanic, um, the movie, made $2.2 billion in revenue. That's wild, dude. Hey, do you know that they uh, they have a new Titanic that's setting sail this year? Um, don't get on that ship. <laughs> yeah, so an Australian businessman and politician is... Um, is a passion uh, has a passion project of creating a re- replica of the Titanic. Like, listen, I will tour it, but I'm sure it's not like getting in the water with it. Yeah, no. Um, if that boat leaves a dock, we have a problem. Get me off. I want to go home. <laughs> it's happening this year. You know what, Courtney? You can do it, and you can um, you can get on the boat and just bring your own lifeboat in your purse. You know. With your emergency binder, you'll be fine. Okay, so a self-inflating life raft is at a cost of about $2,000. Okay. I can, you know what? Like, we can probably deal, we could probably do that. We could split it. <laughs> well, listen, only six people can fit on these life rafts. Women and children first. You know what? As I was watching that scene where they were like, women and children first, dude, the feminist left my body so damn fast. I was like, I am a lady. My place is in the kitchen. Make room for me (laughs) on that boat. (laughs) Yeah, like, I'm sorry. Um, I think men are better than women. They are our masters and we should (laughs) obey them. They, we should do what they say because they are better than us. The men said women and children first. Um, I am a woman and these are my five children. Make way. And then once you're on the boat, you're just flicking off all the men like suckers. (laughs) (laughs) I played you with my titties. (laughs) You got coochie conned. You got coochie conned. Stop. (laughs) That is so funny. (laughs) Coochie conned. Um, it sounds like a like a convention that you would go to. Like I got Coochie tickets. Con. I got tickets to Kuchikan. <laughs> like, oh, bitch! <laughs> it's gonna be dope. <laughs> That's actually the feminist convention. The feminist. Kuchikan. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, guys. Listen. That's it. That's the movie. Um. If you haven't seen it, I have four VHS tapes with your name on it. You can borrow it anytime. You need to bring your own VCR. Yeah. Don't have one, but, you know. Yeah. And you have to switch halfway through. Yeah. Um, like, right at the good part. You got to, like, hit stop and get it out. And pray to God that the last person that watched it was kind enough to freaking rewind that second one. So you don't have to sit there. Just the of it rewinding. Millennials have been through too much. That's all. That's all I'm going to say. We've 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 been through a lot. Okay. We're fossils on this earth. (laughs) Yeah, the teapot's empty for the day. Don't worry, more is brewing and on the way. We'll be back next week with Coyote Ugly. Oh, shit. I didn't know we were watching that. Okay, dope. It's one of my favorite movies.
Uh, hey guys, if you enjoyed our podcast, leave us a review. It really helps people, other people find us. And uh, we really enjoy doing this and we hope you guys are enjoying listening. Yeah. And if you know Leonardo DiCaprio or Kate Winslet, like make sure um, that they listen to this. Not happening. <laughs> hey, listen, dreaming big. I'm dreaming big. Are you manifesting Leonardo DiCaprio being like, you know what? I'm going to adjust my age bracket. How old is Courtney? How old is she? Because that's going to be my max. Listen, he's going to have to greatly adjust his age bracket. Okay? <laughs> but like, and cold. This, is, this is not giving allowances for a year or two. He's adding like half a decade. I know. That's so funny. It's All fine. right, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye.